Hello, welcome back to Explore Together. Today I'm with Rose St. Thomas. And, you know, Rose and I really feel that we need to acknowledge that society and the church has a really long, dark history of trying to change persons who are LGBTQ+. And today, to begin with, Rose is going to talk a little bit about conversion therapy. So welcome, Rose, and uh, glad to be back with you today. And I'll just let you you talk about conversion therapy and so that we can be a little bit more informed about this. All right, thank you, Janice, and uh, thank you for inviting me back today to talk about this. Um, so I think right off the bat, uh, I'll just say this about conversion therapy. Uh, it is not really therapy. Um, it has often been put out there in Christian spaces as a way to change LGBTQ plus people and it has failed to do that in, I would say, uh, <laughs> um, for any of you who are aware of Exodus International, uh, one of the main people who ran that organization admitted to a 99.99% failure rate of actual change occurring. And that change, uh, that was attempted to be caused uh, was trying to turn LGBTQ plus people basically into straight people um, or into cis people. And the consequences of that time and time again have just been devastating. Uh, they're there have I, it's almost I'm struggling for words because it's hard to quantify the amount of harm that has come out of this branch of so-called therapy. Um, a lot of it focuses on terms like sexual brokenness, on trying to view LGBTQ plus people as sexually broken and in need of healing from God. And there is so much stigma and secrecy and shame that comes out of these programs. So much harm that is caused. And it, it just literally, it weighs so heavily on my heart, it breaks my heart for the people that have gone through these programs and been deeply, deeply harmed by them. Um, I have a close friend uh, who went through one of these programs and in the very short term, uh, this friend found a lot of sudden acceptance from a Christian community and because this friend was hurting at the time, that felt really good in the short term. Um, but where the road of so-called conversion therapy ultimately led was to a great degree of self-hatred when the change that was promised never occurred um, and ultimately led them on a road towards very seriously considering 
taking their own life. So, like, the stakes are very high. Like, the, this isn't just a theological stance. Like, this is people's lives are involved in this. So, unfortunately, a lot of Christian churches and traditions have, uh, in the past or are still presently kind of pushing this narrative of change uh, being a real possibility, or uh, in more recent kind of renditions of this, if change isn't possible, then you can completely change your behaviors. Um, and this is me speaking from my perspective, but I see so much harm that is done by this. Uh, and that's, that's my take on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it is still, I know, a very prevalent view still, unfortunately. Um, and so for someone in the LGBTQ plus community that has a strong faith, that has a relationship with God, that wants to deepen you know, their faith journey and whatever, what happens then is that I guess you are on a search um, to find a community that that is affirming. And so I think you probably can offer us a window into that, Rose. Um, you know, what is it like to, to be queer and to be trying to find an affirming faith community? I, I think you have shared with me that you've been on that journey. It's not an easy one. Yes, uh, and it has been, it has been a long, uh, but ultimately quite meaningful journey. Um, and I began kind of my, my religious life, my faith life born into uh, a very controlling kind of legalistic (laughs) doomsday oriented group that was very focused on, uh, the old Testament and revelation predominantly. Um, and it was, oh, how do I phrase this? A lot of the teachings of this group were incredibly homophobic um and i consider myself just infinitely lucky that i wasn't put into um a conversion therapy program through this group and i know people who were not as lucky and did experience a lot of harm through this group um and yeah, to the to this day, I it's it's strange to be um, grateful for denial, uh, but I was very much in denial about my sexuality and my gender. And though that did not help me really grow at the time, it did keep me safe from some things, um, for which I am I'm grateful for today. My my brain was really trying to help me out in a very difficult situation. Um, but my journey of searching, uh, if, if you could put a pin on one moment uh, of when I decided that I needed to leave that group uh, that I was born into, it would be this. There was one day where during announcements, uh, a person in the church, instead of just delivering announcements, went on 
what I can only describe as a homophobic rant. Um, and I will not repeat anything that was said. It was vile and offensive in every way. And though I didn't consciously understand why it devastated me to the extent that it did, it, it kind of broke me in a way where I, like it was like a moment where there was no coming back from it. And I wasn't consciously looking at, why has this affected me so much? Why, why am I so furious? Why am I almost crying? Why, why is this my breaking point? Um, I didn't realize how those comments were actually personal to me at that time, but they affected me that way. Um, and though it was still some time before I officially left after this moment, that, that was kind of a point in time where there was, there was no coming back. Like I, I knew this group was not a safe group or a kind group or a group where I could grow or thrive. Uh, and from that point, I was really lucky to end up being connected to the parish um, and got baptized <laughs> at the parish, uh, which was a very big deal because my church group that I had grown up in, um, I don't believe would have baptized me. There was a very intense baptismal process where you had to go through uh, counseling that basically was a process of you agreeing with every single church doctrine. And I knew I would never make it through. And I had friends who tried for years and didn't make it through. Um, and I ended up getting baptized at one of the parish baptismal parties and feeling really like I was home. Like this sense of finding home was very profound. And from that point on, like, I knew when I left the group that I had been raised in that the next place I went to, uh, the next faith community I joined, I knew it couldn't be somewhere that said such hateful things from the pulpit. Like I was just like, I've, I've reached my limit of hate that I can listen to and I need a place that really focuses on like love and kindness and compassion. And, and treating your neighbor as yourself and loving God and all of that. And I really started to find that at the parish. And then when uh, Sylvia Keysmat gave her series uh, of affirming theology, that was just one of the most healing experiences to hear affirming theology taught like that with authority it just, it healed something in me but so profoundly. Um, and I still wasn't even out to myself at this point. I just knew like this matters so much to me. Um, kind of speeding forward from this, uh, when I moved to Kingston, um, within the first few uh, weeks and months of my moving there, I began to 
really come to terms with the fact that like, no, I'm not straight. (laughs) And from that point on, I really wanted to find a church in Kingston that could be affirming or if not like openly affirming, could at least be inclusive and want to include me without trying to change my sexuality. And this is when I kind of realized just how difficult this search could be. Um, Because I had gone straight from a very, very non-affirming church to the parish where I could visit and hear affirming theology taught, um, I hadn't realized how non-affirming some churches can be. And it really shook me in a way. Like I visited somewhere between seven and nine churches in Kingston searching, just searching, where can I find a place that I feel like is a safe home base for me faith-wise? And I, I couldn't find it. And I'm not saying that there aren't lovely affirming churches in Kingston. There are. Uh, (laughs) They're doing great stuff. Um, It's just that, unfortunately, some of those churches rubbed up against some of the past trauma unintentionally from the church I'd grown up in. And even if it was just musical choices, like they'd play music that I was aware of from that past group and I I just couldn't handle it. or, or things like that. It was, it was just this search that kept going and going. And finally, the I think this was the last time I tried going to a church. Uh, it had been highly recommended to me as a church that was fully embracing of the LGBTQ plus community, and they had a trans member. So. I was like, okay, well, at least there's like one person there that's part of the LGBTQ plus community. It's going to be a safe place. It's going to be good. Um, And I went and it was, it just seemed, I don't know how to, I'm going to just have to be using some stereotypes now. So forgive me for that. But like, I went in and I was like, everybody here looks very straight. (laughs) Um, and I'm kind of laughing about it now, but at the time it was really emotionally scary. Like there was a point where I just like broke and went to the bathroom and was like in a stall kind of hyperventilating being like, do I just leave? Is this a safe place? I don't know. I've been told it's a safe place. I guess I'll try and stay and give it a go. Um, but like there was a, there was a point where during the service, and there was probably about 200 people in attendance, I was just looking through the the crowd, desperately looking for somebody that I could see where I would be like, do they look gay? Does this person look gay? Is there anybody here that looks gay? And I am aware that's incredibly stereotypical. You cannot tell if someone's gay or not by looking, but like, I'm sharing this basically just to express how desperate I was in that moment, just looking for someone who who I could see as a friendly face or a, a space for possible connection. And I didn't find it. Like, And throughout the service, I became more and more concerned that this was not an affirming 
space. And I didn't even think it was an inclusive or welcoming space, just with the way certain phrases that were said, uh, subtext that kind of came up in the sermon, I was getting more and more concerned that maybe I wasn't welcome here. So afterwards, uh, they had a little welcome packet they gave to new people, and in it there was a card with an email address saying, if you have any questions or concerns, you want to hear from a pastor, let us know. And I immediately typed them up an email being like, this is who I am, this is my name, this is what I'm looking for, this is my faith history, like, I'm, I'm a Christian, um, I'm, I'm bisexual and queer, and I just, I really want to find a safe place to, like, worship and grow. Can I do that in your church? And I literally thought they would email me back right away. Um, and then a day passed, and then another day passed, and another day and it was silence. And I, I was like, well, they, maybe the email was lost. Um, and I think I either resent it or resent another email. And then again, it was just silence. And it was this point for me of this like jarring realization that like, this is not a safe space. And there are just Christian churches out there that are not going to be not even affirming or, or inclusive, not even really welcoming. Like, I am not welcome to the table yeah. in their church. And that was a really hard wake-up call for me. Um, during this period as well, another church that was affirming in Kingston got sent hate mail for uh, having a pride service. And, like, just the real understanding of how how excluded LGBTQ people can be in Christian spaces still. Like it just really, it almost like fell on me for the first time and yeah. like hit me for the first time. It was, it was like I had put all of that on the old group I had been a part of and it's kind of very uh, exclusive theology where so many people are excluded I had kind of put that all there and I hadn't really realized how much that is at play in many Christian spaces uh not just kind of like the cult I was raised in well you're right I mean I think that this issue if you want to call it an issue I mean it isn't an issue it shouldn't be an issue at all but still I think most congregations, most churches, um, you know, under the umbrella, be it whatever denomination, they're still, you know, uh, slogging it out, yeah. trying to figure out, you know, well, can we marry these people? Can we not marry these people? You know, um, and fine, as you say, you can even look in the, in the uh, documents and it will say, we're welcoming, yeah. you know, we're welcoming, but you know, only to a certain point, right? Which and so, really feel which isn't welcoming, welcoming. honestly. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. So it just has such a long way to go. But yeah. having said that, um, you know, I think just from from doing these podcasts and whatever with people that I know within our community and I haven't gone out onto the street. It's something I've, I've sort of wondered about doing actually, but 
I do see this this hope, like, you know, that is there. Um, and I think when things are brought out, like you say, when you come out, I think I think this issue is something that needs to come out. And we need to keep slogging away at it, you know, like, well, how how is that labeled as being welcoming? How is that labeled as being authentic? How's that labeled as being, you know, um, respectful of a person being a human being, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that deserves to be treated with integrity and love and and to acknowledge that, you know, faith is faith and it deserves to grow. You know, it deserves to be nurtured and, and to grow. And uh, I'm glad that the parish was somewhere like that for you and then when you move you know you just I mean we all church shop no matter who we are right I mean we do we church shop but it just adds that extra layer right and it's very very hard and uh, I hear that in your voice and in your journey and so what do you what do you think about the whole thing at the end of all (laughs) of this that we've done you know like like do you feel like you're just banging your head against the wall all the time? Or do you feel that it's hopeful at all going forward? I oh, do it's okay feel, to be yeah. honest, you know, like I don't, I don't know. Um, I do feel hopeful. Um, like with, with a few asterisks, like maybe in this, not, not in this particular place at this particular time, but Overall, I do feel hopeful, and I guess for people who have listened to this series, that have listened to it all, and they still feel theologically like they're just not in an affirming place, that's not where they're at, Um, I guess my hope there would be to still try and extend love and grace and kindness and compassion to the lgbtq plus community because we are human beings um i believe we are like all humanity image bearers of god uh and we we are human we have feelings we have real lives um and this theology affects us greatly um so even if you can't be affirming, please extend love to us and compassion. Um, I like one of the deepest parts of my faith is knowing that I am here on this earth to love God, to love my neighbor, and to love myself. Uh, So I guess this is me just kind of asking anyone who might still be in a non-affirming stance to see the LGBTQ plus community as your neighbor. Um, And we don't need to be changed. That's, That's not, and if we do need to be changed in some way, like I can personally think of ways where God has uh, pointed out to me even recently that I am um, sinning in some way or in need of repentance, that our sexuality and our gender are not the things that need to be changed. Um, For instance, something I've recently repented of is 
overworking to a degree where I was harming my body, my mind, and my spirit. That's something that I needed to repent of and change. My, my sexual orientation isn't it. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly believe that's, that's God-given, and that's a gift that I was given. Um, so, so, yeah, I think, I think, (laughs) well, no, you're right. I mean, you know, it's just like Mr. Rogers says, be a good neighbor, you know, really, it's very, very true. Um, and so I just want to really thank you, Rose, for the heart and the soul and the faith that you have, um, in this world. And I think, you know, we, we all could do with, with that for sure. Would you like to say a prayer and ending? I, I see in your eyes you would like that, yes. Um, well, I, I just want to add one little final thought uh, before we wrap up and, and pray and end. Um, and that is just to mention, and this is speaking from my own perspective, uh, as all of this is, this is all my opinion, and obviously I'm not a spokesperson for the entire LGBTQ plus community that that is ridiculous because we are a group with so many diverse voices and experiences this is just my opinion um but what I have felt in affirming church spaces is just so beautiful like it is it is like entering into the depths of God's love and the experiences of being in a non-affirming space versus an affirming space where I can really lean into the full, the fullness of God, who God made me to be. Like it's, it's just, it's just amazing. Like, and it is my hope and wish that every LGBTQ plus person listening to this today gets to experience that at some point, um, if they're if they're Christian or if they're interested in faith, that they get to experience the true beauty of being in a faith community where they're not only welcomed, where they're not only included, but accepted and celebrated for who they are and for the beauty that their truth brings to the table. Um, yeah, because I think we are all we are all infinitely loved by God. Well said, Rose. I think that was a beautiful ending prayer in itself. So thank you very much for being with me and for all your words. You're right. We just need to be accepted, all of us, and celebrated. So thank you. I celebrate you. Oh, for I sure. celebrate you. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Thanks, Jen. We celebrate each other. And uh, blessings on your day. <laughs> <laughs>